0: Live from London, this is The Drive Home with Seb Ventura on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Good afternoon, it's The Drive Home Show. Today we're looking at how does your school deliver relationship and sex education? Where do you get your resources from? And when is it taught in your usual school day? We'll have a big discussion about that and also my guest, uh, Abby, and we'll be looking at all the influences and issues to do with this topic. So, have a good time Get ready to join in for a fantastic show on Teachers Talk Radio.
0: Live from London, this is The Drive Home with Seb Ventura on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw ttradio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag ttradio.
1: Hello there. Sorry about that uh, introduction. That was a little bit on the ropey side for me. Uh, but yes, I hope that has not affected your uh, enjoyment of the show today as you're joining us on this lovely uh, April afternoon. Uh, the sun is out in London. I'm not sure what it's like where you're listening from in the UK or further afield. But wherever you're listening from, thanks again for joining us. And of course, remember, the show is downloadable afterwards uh, through the website, uh, through Spotify, uh, and through podbean so i um, hope you've had a good week always nice for a little uh, cheeky bank holiday with another one coming up on monday i think we should really campaign for a four-day week it certainly is um, a much nicer way to uh, get your work-life balance in order Um so hopefully you're all looking forward to the nice bank holiday it's friday tomorrow again uh, which i always like to remind people on my show so uh what are we going to dig into today well my guest later abby uh, is a teacher uh, in essex she's a history teacher um she's a head of year and she also uh delivers um rse and is in charge of that so that's kind of my focus for the show today so we're going to have a little uh, look at that and the implications of it um and the problems um with actually getting this in now this is something that's only really started to kick in properly this year um the change Uh, that the government made was last year, last September, but I think we had quite a lot on our mind there, didn't we? So it's only really starting to impact on schools um, as we go through now this year and and at the end of last year, how we make those changes. So for anybody listening um, globally who doesn't know what all these acronyms mean, uh, you should be well aware that the education sector is full of acronyms. Um, And so I will just clarify exactly what we're talking about Uh, before talking about some questions um, that I'm going to pose to you, the listeners, uh, and you can get in touch. You can either message me through the chat function, uh, or you can just click call in uh, on the Podbean app, and you can join me live in the studio. Um, As I say, I have got a guest, but she's not in for a little while, so we've got plenty of time to if you want to be part of the show. So let's just set the scene. So traditionally, in all the time I've been teaching, um, the aspect of the curriculum um, that was um, to cover these kind of issues outside of academic subjects was normally known and may well still be known as PSHE. Now, that you may well still have that in your school. It may be how you deliver it. Um, but that certainly was, um, there's always been some sort of acronym. I mean, when I was at school, it was called SLS, which was called Social and Life Skills. Well, I'm not sure I've got any of them. But anyway, um, yeah, so PSHE, which stands for Personal social health and economic education which is a bit of a mouthful um, and very wide a very wide remit in terms of what schools uh, deliver and schools have always had a responsibility to cover those aspects um all sorts of parts of that obviously sex education has always been there it's always been part of it schools have always had to tackle those things even if we don't want to i can have horrible flashbacks of science teachers with carrots and their uh, condoms which we won't go into but it's always been something that We've not necessarily had the expertise in, uh, but it's always something that we all agree, I think, as teachers, I'd like to think is important and does need to be delivered. Now, there's lots of different ways you can do that. You can do that uh, as discrete lessons. I know some schools have it as an hour a fortnight or they have it as part of the curriculum. Some schools may may not be able to do that nowadays with the emphasis on trying to get as many different subjects in a rich curriculum. Uh, so it might be something you do in period Uh, one or form time or uh, tutor time whatever you want to call it but the part of the day when we have the students for 20-25 minutes normally uh, and outside of doing a register we have to fill it up with other stuff so I know a lot of schools I've worked in usually there is some form of uh, PSHE curriculum and that's again where the problems start before we even get into RSE I think there is an issue there slightly with uh the delivery of that. So you might have, and again, please get in touch. You may have a coordinator. It could be head of year, or it could be someone in a pastoral uh, role that coordinates those lessons. You may have someone responsible for getting in external speakers. So that's always a big part of it, getting people in. It could be theater companies that I know that do drugs awareness, etc. It could be uh, knife crime, um, police coming in. It could be all sorts of different things. And you may have assemblies as part of that and the schools i've worked in it's always been someone who's in charge of that holistic program from tutor time assemblies extracurricular um activities drop down days um, but not necessarily where i've worked that it's been actually a lesson within the curriculum but again if you're primary that may be different if you're uh, a secondary school or a sixth form college it may it may be done very differently to that and i can only ever talk from my point of view obviously Um, so That's where we sort of start from, uh, traditionally, is schools having to deliver this and how it's done. And where you get into problems is, let's say you have someone designing that curriculum or writing it on their own in a very solitary fashion, and then those resources are delivered or uploaded for other teachers onto, say, an internet website or whatever, shared area. Um, You then have got the issue of expertise. now. I'm sure most teachers would feel comfortable to an extent with talking about smoking, perhaps, or alcohol uh, abuse, maybe to an to an extent, maybe because quite a few of us like to go to the pub. But um, that's not to make light of that. Obviously, that is a serious issue as well. It may it does get complicated with then drugs. Um, I can remember even as a as a trainee, as a PGCU student back in the day, um, being asked to deliver a session and do it, and I did it on drugs. And um it, it just is so full of um full of issues because of course the minute you start sounding knowledgeable about cannabis, let's say uh, all of a sudden you have, you know, students asking you a million questions, oh sir, do you smoke or blah, blah blah It just gets very, very awkward. So um there's that issue. There's also the issue with knowledge. Uh some people don't feel comfortable and I certainly don't. I, I don't know the, the ins and outs of every single drug. Um well, particularly as well, because that's always changing. So you're looking at um, all the changes, the new drugs that come out, you've got the whole um, noxite, nitroxide, uh, balloons, all of that business, and that is constantly changing as, as drugs become uh, more available or cheaper or trendier or whatever. So you've got to keep on top of that. So imagine that, and then imagine not necessarily having knowledge. And I'm sure there are people out there listening This is that this is affected in some way. So please do get in touch if you're a teacher that's either had to deliver uh, a lesson like that and not felt comfortable or whether you feel like you have got expertise and it's not being used in your school but certainly um the, you know, those are the those are the main ones once you start getting into uh other issues like you know genitalia um you know, the kind of the issues to do with, with that um, uh, from uh, mutation and from uh, in Africa, etc. it gets very, very complicated. If you don't know what you're talking about, um, mutilation is the word I was looking for, like I now don't sound like I know what I'm talking about because I don't know it all. I don't have the research. I don't have the facts. Um, I'm not knowledgeable about it. Now, we can all take a lesson off the shelf and do our best uh, go at it. But if you're teaching someone about World War II, Um, and you've got a textbook, it's very, very different to the nuances of talking about uh, sexual health, online safety, all the different pastorally kind of issues um, that we all feel as teachers, I'm sure, and please feel free to disagree with me, but I'm sure we all feel more or less on a scale qualified to talk about those issues. And that might be because of your background, you might have worked with youth work before you went into teaching, uh, you might have a, a medical background. There's all sorts of reasons why you may have knowledge or not have knowledge, um, and it can get very uncomfortable. So anyway, that is the sort of background to PSHE, and that's what um, some of the issues, I haven't covered everything now, and I'm aware that I'm probably missing some things out. Um, I know there's probably uh, racism is covered by it, diversity. Um, there's all sorts of bullying, cyber bullying, abuse, uh, sexual exploitation. I mean, there are a lot, a lot of things within it which kind of leads to another problem which i'm going to talk about in a moment so what happened last september was the government decided to change it up as they like to do and introduce rse which obviously if you teach this or you're uh, working in a school in the uk you're probably well aware of it Um, but this now this stands for relationships and sex education and i did a bit of research just to check the legality of this today um, because i didn't want to say the wrong thing And it seems as if uh, that it is a legal requirement that schools have to now deliver RSE. And I'm going to be talking to my guest, Abby, a bit about this so she can uh, clarify exactly how that that worked. But certainly those changes came in uh, at the beginning of last year. And then what you find is that PSHE, the traditional form of this, is now non statutory. So schools can still deliver that in the way that they were before. Um, but you do have to cover RSE, and that needs to be clearly uh, in a policy, it needs to be on your curriculum, it needs to be on your website for parents and Ofsted, etc. So, this is where the problem starts, and this is what my show is about really today, and that's what we're going to talk to Abby about, and again, get involved if you've got an opinion on this. What the problem then becomes is uh, when you are asking schools and saying that they have to do something, uh, but not necessarily uh providing the resources so let's take a normal subject if you're a french teacher you're going to teach the french curriculum based on the exam boards that's pretty straightforward but when you are then teaching and delivering RSE lessons there is no exam there is no testing Uh, so therefore obviously that's fine we don't want more testing but it's designed for debates designed for education discussion but the problems then come is that there is no set standard set of resources there's no common ground uh there's no kind of thing that everybody uses that the government can monitor because they basically said as far as i can tell um yeah get on with it you must cover it these are the kind of areas that you need to cover um, i think there is some guidance as to what you have to do but again not necessarily any decent or useful uh resources so then the question of course becomes well, where do i get them from now, linked back to what I've just been saying about knowledge, you could well be the person responsible for this at your school. And obviously, Abby that I'm speaking to later is. And she's obviously been approached by her head or line manager or someone who knows her to say, you know, Here is, um, here's something we think you'd be good at, or maybe not, maybe she approached them. But either way, you may have someone comfortable to deliver this, but where does this person go? you're not going to sit there for hours and hours and hours on end creating lesson plans from scratch uh trying to cover every single thing about relationships and sex education for schools and young people in in this country in 2022 because you can do it and probably some people have and I'm sure Abby will tell us what lessons she's created you may get other teachers involved but ultimately that's a big job if you're asking uh even just for one year group that's a big job so then when you start thinking about doing this what i've found out is that there are a lot of places you can get schemes of work from so some local authorities will provide it uh, there are commercial uh, obviously commercial avenues and commercial companies out there that will charge you uh, for resources that you can download there's obviously the tes uh, and the normal places you might go to but there is also voluntary sectors and there is also charities. So, for example, uh, I found a website called the Sex Education Forum, and they uh, provide links and guidance as to what you know where to go to. And they are connected to the NSPCC. So, obviously, the NSPCC is a charity. Want to help teachers? They want to give people uh, teachers in schools the right information uh, so that they've got the accurate. Um, latest figures or the issues that are out there regarding this issue uh and obviously you know with racism and with other areas like that they those are probably slightly easier i would imagine to get hold of stuff because loads of great brilliant organizations that go into schools same with knife crime uh same with other aspects of of society that have always been there whereas this now not saying sex education i was always doing there but this this compulsory element of teaching students young people educating them about what are healthy relationships uh, you know the rise of pornography um all these kind of issues um that are there for young people sexual exploitation um you know both genders uh, and and obviously anyone in between um there's lots and lots and lots of um issues so that kind of starts uh, you start off down a rabbit hole there and all I can tell from the government website is that they insist that you have a policy, and that your curriculum uh, you can outline how you cover these things, um, and that that is public. You have to publish who's in charge, who's reviewing it, uh, etc. Those sort of kind of um, the more you know operational aspects of it are very well documented. But what there isn't from the government, as usual, is. A lot of help so there is there is rules and there is things you need to do but there isn't necessarily oh well this is what you've got to do so here's all the stuff you need it's more Now you know i guess the argument would be that leaves freedom it allows teachers to choose it allows con schools in different contexts to decide okay what are the bigger issues in our area so i do understand that you don't want to make a national curriculum for it uh, but it doesn't really help if you're then starting from scratch um, just kind of similar to drama, how drama used to be in some ways that we, we're we not really part of national curriculum. So drama teachers have always been able to do, teach whatever they want in seven, eight, and nine within reason. Um, and that's great, that freedom. But then when you're sometimes wanting to create a new scheme of work and you have to go and find it uh, or create it yourself, it's just workload. Um, okay, so basically that is the key. So some of my key questions, and I'll put these in the chat box so that you know, remember this is not... Um, supposed to be this adventura monologue show this is supposed to be the drive home with me uh facilitating uh people's discussion so these are the questions that we need to dig into and i shall be doing this with uh my guest abby in a short while we're looking at number one how does your school deliver rsc so in terms of uh how um how it is delivered okay so how how do you choose is it discrete lessons is it spread across the term is it dropped in and dropped out do you have intensive weeks etc when exactly it's taught in your school day um, where you get your resources from so do you use any of those uh, places that i've just mentioned to get your resources uh, or do you get them somewhere else because that would be interesting to know um, and then basically um, basically how you manage to get those aspects from websites into students uh brains as it were so do you know do you have to support it with assemblies what's the frequency of that um what companies do you use what charities do you use uh and you know how do you set that up so we've got there's lots of different ways that I'd love to know um because I can talk about obviously my my schools that I work in but it'd be better to know from you guys and there are also some other issues um on the on this government website, it says a lot of things like um, ensuring that it is age appropriate. Well, we can sort of guess at that. I mean, I've got two children myself. I know what what I as a parent would consider age appropriate sex education for my thirteen year old. Um, but that's my decision. You, you you may you may turn around and say, Oh no no, they don't need to know about that till they're older, or all oh, they should have known that about that about in primary school. So there is an issue there that schools have to decide within reason I mean obviously the you know you're not going to go down some roads uh with year five and year six that you would with year 11. I get that but the choice and how age appropriate you are seems a bit woolly to me there's also the issue of making sure it's uh, diverse and inclusive so that the groups you're talking about the representation of the people uh, that you discuss isn't obviously all just uh white british boys etc you're making sure that you know you've got the lgbtq all of that has to be covered um as well as ethnic minorities as well as um there's probably some prevent stuff in there expect as well but although i can't really find that i can't see that much online uh about um prevent and things like that but i know that was a very big a few years back um in terms of safeguarding and stuff but maybe that's maybe schools just deliver that through their normal PHE because um, as I said at the top of the show, it's non-statutory, but obviously schools probably, if you're a, a good or outstanding or a decent school, I would imagine you have um, something in place. And, and even if you're not particularly, even if you're a, a struggling school that's going through some tough times, you would still hopefully have something in place that—that uh, that is a curriculum that looks like something you're gonna deliver the quality and the variety of that is is quite scary i think uh and then obviously the other issue linked to this is training because as i said at the top of the show you know if you're going to say okay mr smith you're in charge of this uh, mrs jones you're in charge of this but you know you've got all these different teachers teaching and it might be a form tutor that is usually the pattern i would say so i've got let's say and i've got a year nine form and i'm told yeah uh, Said this month, you've got to teach about uh, this sexting, and I've just got to go for it, you know. Whereas, really, what should happen, in my opinion, is staff should be trained, particularly in areas that are either new uh, for for older staff like me, um, or a bit more modern, contemporary issues, or just the fact you've got to be accurate. I mean, the the medical side to it, the factual side to it, when you're talking about certain things. Um, same with online safety, you know. Obviously, I'd hope we all know we know, know general stuff about online safety, but again, do you know all the buzzwords to do with, um, you know, algorithms and all different things that are out there? Again, it's a minefield of stuff that not necessarily teachers are prepared for. Whether you were trained fifteen years ago or two years ago you know, where is that coming from? Where is that training? Where is that support and development for you from your leadership team or from your head of faculty or from your head of year? So there's lots and lots of issues. So again, all these questions I'm chucking out there, I'm not saying there's a right answer. I'm just interested to see how people do it. How do you cover these topics? Has your school decided to park a PSHE and, you know, just concentrate on RSE? Or have you combined them together so that it's a sort of holistic, smooth journey that students are exposed to, all those traditional things, plus RSE is slotted in. And how do you document that? How do you make sure it's there? How do you uh, check that it's um, that it's all on the system? So lots and lots of questions. We're going to take a quick news break, um, so don't go away. And when we get back, um, we'll start looking at some of these questions in a bit more detail. And hopefully, we'll, um, we'll be speaking to Abby as well, and she can tell us her experience of delivering RSE. <music>
0: Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
3: New research conducted by the education charity Magic Breakfast has shown a patchwork of free school breakfast provision is leading some children to come to school hungry. The charity has called for an urgent £75 million funding boost for school breakfasts in England and a similar amount from the Scottish Government. Currently, Wales is the only UK nation with a countrywide, centrally funded free breakfast provision. The NAHT, School Leaders' Union, General Secretary Paul Whiteman said, we agree that more funding is urgently needed to combat child hunger and that improving breakfast club provision for pupils could be an important part of that effort. Hunger is a real concern for school staff who regularly see children arriving in the morning without having eaten and therefore not ready to learn. Research carried out by AIRLY shows that 97% of UK schools monitored in the Let School Breathe project experienced levels of PM 2.5 that exceeded the safe norms set out by the World Health Organisation. AIRLY started installing air pollution sensors in schools across the UK in April 2021. A spokesperson for AIRLY said, pupils are exposed to high concentrations of NO2 and PM2.5, mainly during travel to school and in school playgrounds. Early's outdoor monitors have been positioned in such a way to be able to determine what kind of air students breathe when they are near the school building. Thanks to the data we have collected, we know the situation is far from perfect but the first step towards pollution-free schools has been made. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
0: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this term is known to be one of
4: the hardest. When we're distracted and tired, it's easy to make a mistake and fall for a scam. There are loads of scams out there, but the use of subdomains to give a fake sense of security is one scam that a lot of people fall for. In the interest of keeping you, your family and your friends safe over the next two episodes, I'm going to explain the fake bank message scam and how it can look so believable. First up, we need to discuss how data travels over internet. If you explore an internet address, let's take Teachers Talk Radio as our example, https www ttradio.org. There are basically four parts. HTTPS, this is Hypertext Transfer Protocol, with the S standing for secure. Protocols are used for data transfer. The HTTP protocol allows the transmission of HTML or Hypertext Markup Language from a web server to your computer. In basic terms, it lets a web page be requested and viewed. The confusion here is the secure version. Some believe that seeing a site is HTTPS and has a little padlock in the address bar means that you are protected. To some extent, this is true. However, the secure certificate for a site simply encrypts or scrambles the transmission so if it's intercepted it can't be used. So yes you are secure from interception but if the owner of a website is dishonest you're not safe from them. The next three parts are to do with where the web page resides or the address. Like we need a postcode and house number your computer needs to know where to look for the information you want. WWW is the World Wide Web, a huge network of interconnected networks. TT Radio is the name of the website and .org is the top level domain. Again simplifying this this .org domains are kept in a kind of phone book that can be accessed by your internet service provider. So, to find ttradio.org, .org tells you to look in the .org phone book for ttradio and return where the website is for your browser to download it. Why don't you ask your pupils, family, and friends what they believe the padlock and HTTPS means? You may be surprised at the answer you receive. Next time, we're going to look at how criminals use this misconception to gain your trust. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech.
0: I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Great tech briefing again from uh, Steve there. I hope we keep them coming. i always look forward to that part of the show. I always feel like I learned something uh, from uh, from those. They're always uh, very, very useful, and hopefully we can help them to uh, get us up to date. Right, now, as promised, I have a guest now uh, who is going to join me from a school in Essex. Uh, Abby, are you there? Hello, can you hear me? Loud and clear, very crystal clear. Are you in school still?
2: I am still in school, still, yes. Right, it's a very
1: quiet school. In <laughs> my classroom. Students, students have gone home by now, I take it.
2: Yes, they have, yeah. They left about an hour or so ago, so I've had uh, some time to, to kind of do me bits after school, do the phone good. calls I need to do.
1: A good woman, that's so. what we like to hear. Very good. Um, yeah, it's nice and clear. Sometimes people are calling from cars and <laughs> roadsides and it's a little bit noisy, but that's very, very clear. <laughs> had a good day. Are you Okay
2: yeah I've, been, I've had a busy day um my i have a trainee and it's her day in skit so i have a much busier day than i normally do during the week
1: um teaching i guess
2: yeah actually, i actually had a five period day today so um, wow. Wow. It's been well a busy thank, one. thank
1: you for joining us after a five period day oh uh, you can uh, go and relax <laughs> after this um right so um just to give us a bit of context because i like to do this with all my guests uh, just so people know a bit about you and I think it's always interesting to hear people's journey into teaching without going into you know details about your age etc yeah. um, but um, but just on a general uh, first of all how long have you been teaching for now Abby?
2: So I'm this will be my fifth year of teaching um, and uh, but eight years at the well 80 and a bit years at this school, um, right. at school I work out
1: Right so, so you've I been at worked... one school the whole time haven't you?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I started off my education career, well, my career in education as a teaching assistant mm-hmm. uh, at the school I work at. So I was there for about two and a half years because I joined mid-year um, because I decided I didn't want to work in an office with my my degree. And I absolutely loved education. I loved to yeah. work with kids. And so I was really lucky that my school uh, supported me and they supported my efforts to go uh, to training. Um, I didn't train at the school I'm currently at. I did go elsewhere. And was right. fortunate there was a job back here. Yeah. so uh, I jumped at the position.
1: And you teach history, is that right?
2: Yes, well I teach history, uh, I teach A-level politics and at my school we call the topic uh, character and culture but that encompasses PHC, RSE, health education,
1: right, so there's so we're, quite we're, a bit within that. Good, so we'll dig into that in a minute and you're kind of covering all three at the same time and you're responsible yes. for that. Yes. Are you head of year still or were you head of year? No,
2: I've been ahead of year, so um, I was head of year seven as a fixed head of year seven for a uh, year and a half. Uh, and I did it over lockdown, which was an incredible experience and a really <laughs> difficult experience. Um, I did transition over lockdown, which mm-hmm. was difficult, yeah. but actually yeah, quite cool.
1: enjoyable. Yeah, no, that was a because... very difficult time, wasn't it? What, what did you enjoy about that so much?
2: Um, do you know what I look? It was we did so much virtual stuff, um, and we were we're really lucky that we've got uh, at the time we had an amazing uh, transition lead that knew all of the primary schools really well, and so we were able to get into primary schools and do virtual sessions with them. And we did lots of um, virtual Q and A's with the kids and the parents. Right, so actually yeah. They were able to ask questions from the comfort of their their, their primary school, and actually yeah. they were really forthcoming with asking stuff, and it was great.
1: Yeah, it's actually um, probably some good parts of that that may be worth keeping, really, I suppose. Yeah,
2: there was, yeah. We've done a lot of, kept things, a lot of things, actually. Since, even though I've moved away from transition, there's quite a few things that we've kept from lockdown. Um, for example, um, we did a transition day. Um, normally, they, it would be in school when they'd come in and do lessons. What we did was created um, a virtual day. So mm-hmm. teachers recorded themselves doing little lessons. We had a science teacher getting them to do little experiments, uh, and we sent little packs out to some of our primary schools so they could do the experiments along with them. Mm. Uh, and it was something that they could dip in and out of during the day as well, which was really great.
1: Yeah, that sounds brilliant, that. Um, OK, so we've got a bit of a context to you now and what, you, what you've what you done. Um, but let's let's talk about this character and culture and, and how that's. Yes. Now, did you start that at the same time, like September 2020 or whenever it was, when the RSC so... came in? I
2: started that, uh, I actually started it July uh, 2021 because we're 22 now. So I started it um, midway through last year. So I've taken over it um, and as a full-time role.
1: Right. And what sort of state was it in before that then in terms of you taking it over? Where was it up to? Um, in,
2: in the there was, was a lot of work start? I had to do. I had to do right. a lot of work. Um, and I'm still in the process of like tweaking bits and um, and it, uh, it's going to take, especially with a lot of the topics and the way the wording of the RSC document is, Yeah. you know, it, it all students have to by the end is the way they word it. So it's about like this year we've done a lot of catch-up with some of our year groups so that we can ensure actually they have met
1: right. um, those, that's uh, what I, all those I was, topics
2: by the end.
1: Right. Yeah, because that's what I was trying to find in the, in advance of the show, I was trying to find that. And I struggled, to be honest. I could find all the statutory guidance on the policies yeah. but I couldn't seem to find what those learning objective kind of statements were is that all published and, and formalized?
2: So everything you find in the RSE document which you can find on the UK government website um, they basically list the topics right. uh, and have bullet points so there's what I found is the, delo- the sorry, the document is deliberately vague and flexible yeah. to meet the needs of the schools because there are lots you know some of the topics we are talking about are you know sex and contraception and things like that some of the schools especially faith schools have got particular views and opinions of those so they have to the document has to be vague and flexible enough so that it can meet the different values and things of different schools
1: yeah no I understand that and that's what I was referring to earlier I I totally get the need for it to be have some scope Mm. or you know again like you say the faith schools or it might even be rural versus inner city schools but but what it, are the statements then that, you know, students will have by the end of this year? Learned? Yes. Yeah.
2: No, there's nothing by year group.
1: Right. Um, it's
2: all about um, what you as a school deem is appropriate um, right. for your your cohorts. So, for example, something that I'm going to tweak for next year is when we look at contraception. Right. I um, I know our current year nine really well. I was their head of year when they were in year seven and went into lockdown. And actually, because of that lost learning in lockdown, they weren't at the same place as I would expect a normal Year 9 group to be in. So mm-hmm. we've made the decision to delay some of the more mature stuff because actually some of our Year 9s weren't ready for it.
1: No, Although no, some of our great.
2: Year 9s perhaps do need it and we're they're going to be doing it later in the year, we decided to move it later in the year rather than earlier when we perhaps would have done it because of... Um,
1: the maturity yeah. levels of no, yeah yeah i i mean that's a good point isn't it i mean it's different in normal subjects because obviously you you know what's missing and you you do the catch up or you or you miss topics yeah. don't you but with something like this it's very sensitive you can't just you know and that age appropriate thing seemed to be quite uh, quite prevalent on the document that i saw Yes. It, yeah
2: it's really prevalent and one of the things that uh, so you come with, we, we spoke about it before is different organisations and the one thing that i've I can't praise enough is the PHC Association um, and actually when you read the government and when they look at say oh, where to get the resources from they rely heavily on the PHC Association uh, right. which is a paid for paid for yeah. organisation so you have to pay to join right. um, but once you do there is mapping
1: uh, mapping documents right. um, there are resources and things like that and is that a payment as in uh, like a yearly membership type of thing or is it just a one off Uh, yes it's it's
2: a yearly membership so um it's about 50 pounds for one login um it's about 125 if you want to get multiple logins for a school um and then if you're a multi-academy trust and you want the flows you can adjust they they do private things so so
1: it's not it's not overly expensive then no 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 it's commercial but it's not they're not like ripping schools off or anything no
2: they're not no they're and i like i said i can't shout out enough um, to them because they they are great and there have been moments because i because i'm although i have a team of about 12 teachers that teach this across uh, the across the school yeah. um it's it's realistically myself and um to some extent uh, and my, my line manager who kind of create the schemes of work and we look at things and sometimes you'd be sitting there and you, you just want to bounce ideas off someone and actually Ooh. having them there is is really great because then you can look at what they think is appropriate for a certain age group. And
1: Yeah, but this is what I was talking about earlier. I mean, I get that. So you're obviously really knowledgeable and strong about what you do and comfortable to do it. And then yes. you've got someone else, a colleague, that's also feels like that. So that's a great start. But then what do you do about the kind of, the gap between you coming up with, you know, wherever you get the scheme from or, or mm-hmm. wherever you find it. And then the person, Joe Blogs teaching that Monday morning or um, and not knowing what they're talking about.
2: So I work massively in collaboration with, although I, I create the schemes to work myself, I work massively with the collaboration of my staff. So I do pick the more trickier topics to plan the lesson and provide the resources. Mm-hmm. But um, I do, we do talk to myself, and we do get myself to plan the lessons mainly for their own confidence. Yeah, like sure. you said, um, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I'm a history teacher by trade. I wouldn't walk into a lesson on the first world war, knowing nothing about the first world war. No, so no. it's also um, allowing staff to have the opportunity to learn. So with every scheme of work, I do provide a teacher guidance where they can find out more information. I give them some information as well within that scheme of work, so, that, so they can be aware of, um, I've also got an open door policy with character and culture in my lessons. And that was particularly used uh, over Chris- just before Christmas because that's when I did the bulk of my sex ed. Um, and it was, I just kind of, I even, in fact, I even e- emailed the whole school and said, this is what we're doing, character and culture. I appreciate, um, you know, if you're, there are lessons where we do do stuff, we've got, you know, we do talk about condoms and we do, uh, we actually do a demonstration lesson. Um,
1: oh yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. Still
2: got oh flash- my god, it's it's, it's like I've still the got kids are so engaged.
1: I bet they are. <laughs> it,
2: but it's that it's actually one of the lessons I that I you know I've taught some of the, the most challenging students in the school, um and they are fully on board. You you've got to accept that they're curious, and that's the big thing with RSE is being nice. aware that students are curious about stuff. So. One of the things um, that I set up was the Ask It Basket, which was a uh, we're a Google score I should put out for, for the right. listeners. And so right. we use Google Classroom and we use Google Forms. So I created right. an anonymous form that kids yeah. can ask, send in questions and then they just get the answers back each week um, because they've got questions. And Of course, yeah. We And something that we did in a, as a group CPD for the whole school is that we have to remember we're the professionals and we're the adults. And if they don't get the information from us, they're gonna yeah. get it from
1: in the internet else. <laughs> where
2: I don't, their internet, their mates. Um, and actually, for me, I'm so passionate about RSE for me because for me, if if we don't educate and we don't give our students the best you know, the best information, yeah. the best opportunities, they're gonna make those mistakes. That yeah you know are going to have a real
1: life impact on them no i totally agree i completely see your passion there because i think again (laughs) like you say any any other subject it's not the end of the world if someone gets a you know a date wrong in history but you know this is life you know life 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 stuff stuff. and and also the area of the massive area of misconceptions and you know factual inaccuracies from the media or you know from their parents or from wherever they're getting it from um, mm. You know, I, th- I agree with you. I mean, I haven't really taught it specifically, but I can remember being in other people's lessons and the questions the kids were asking. And I think you're right. It's really important. I think we get that out there about making sure kids are curious and they do want to know. But some of the questions, I was like, oh, my goodness, where... <laughs> Where are you getting this information from? You it's know, scary, especially about, isn't it? especially about pregnancy and things like that. It's just nuts. Yes. the stuff they say. Um, yeah, ask it, basket, Sarah Cardi. They're just messaging in to say, "Lovely, ask it, basket." I think, yeah, I think that's a that's a great great name for that. Very catchy. Um, let's just rewind a little bit because I feel like we've gone Sorry. into detail. No, no, that's fine. We've gone we've gone into where we wanted to go, but um, without sort of me getting my head around a little bit the, this format. So. When you say you do, because one of the things I said at the beginning of the show was that Mm -hmm. PSHE is now non-statutory, but RSE is. So you mentioned doing that, that and, you know, building character and culture. So how does that kind of all bundle itself together first?
2: So for me, uh, so at my school, uh, we have uh, for years uh, seven to eleven. They have two hours of character and culture a week, a uh, fortnight. Sorry. Right.
1: So uh, one a week, one hour a week. Yeah.
2: One one hour a week, and then at six form, because we also teach it at six form, um, we've got an hour of character and culture. We also we're shifting towards now an hour of study skills. So. We found a lot, actually, me and talking to my head of uh, sixth mm. form, that a lot of our students are really struggling, especially with lockdown, so especially with the jump between GCC and A-level. So we're yeah, now sure. giving them some support with study skills. And then year 13, I've got one hour of it a fortnight.
1: Right. So, okay. we, so that's, we do so you, a dedicated lesson. Right. So you've got a discrete curriculum time. Uh, yep. And then obviously you must do sub- supplement that then with assemblies and things like that.
2: Yes, we've got assemblies. We've got our, um We do. I don't. Uh, the outside speakers I tend to be booked by the pastoral team, right? Um, primarily because they're really expensive. Some of them I get. Oh. I get quite a lot of quotes, uh, and one was saying for one workshop it was three hundred pounds. Now for for a lot of big schools. That's great, but I work at quite a small school and £300 mm. is basically mm. my budget for my whole character and culture.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you can't so, blow it on one workshop. <laughs> yeah. can't blow it on one workshop. No, and um, also the, I think the problem with that also is that, um, and I'm sure other people will get in touch with this, is that, you know, the quality, the variety. So you, let's say you blow your £300 and then, then it's not very good. Um, you know, you're even more upset, aren't you? Because you can't yeah. only guarantee it's going to be good.
2: I totally agree. And that's why I've been a bit, well, we've also we've had COVID restrictions. I've also, be, that's why I've been a bit um, kind of, not touchy, but kind of keeping my, I'd rather keep things in-house at the moment where we're, we're developing it so much. And I can yeah. then kind of get to know the kind of external people. Sure.
1: But how do you, forgetting, putting aside external yep. agencies then for a sec, when you map out your curriculum, are you, we yep. have got this hour a week. But are you then within the calendar also saying, right, we'll do, you know, 10 assemblies, um, we'll do one of the And, and do they, are they all mapped into it or is it a bit kind of just ad hoc?
2: It's ad hoc. It's been a bit ad hoc at the moment, but it's something that we're looking at in a little bit more detail for the next year because we've just... This year, we've been kind of working with where where has COVID been and assemblies have been a bit here, there, everywhere. But something that I'd love to push for next year is being a bit more specific. For example, anti-bullying week is around September, you know, and and bullying is a massive part of the RSE document um, because they talk about respectful relationships. So Right,
1: yeah. um, So, okay, so it isn't, yeah, so I was getting confused because of the, obviously, the sex education part mm -hmm. and the relationships bit. For me, that felt a little bit narrow and oh is that all we're doing now but obviously it's not it's wider than that is it
2: it's much wider than that so but you but this is where again the flexibility and the vagueness of rse is also can work to its advantage because for example it talks about um within for example the the sex educate the actual sex education bit it talks about the influence of drugs and alcohol on on decision making so then that gives you your in to then discuss about uh, drugs and alcohol however um there is also what the government recommends you do alongside the RSD document, which is called the Health Education document. Yeah. Which isn't compulsory, uh, but is highly recommended, and we do do that here at my
1: school. And then what's that healthy eating and things like that? And-
2: healthy eating. And- oh, it will look awesome. at drugs and alcohol. It's it's mental well being. So um, looking at, um, you know, your the mental health, uh, yeah. especially considering after lockdown, it looks at internet safety yeah um it looks at health prevention so actually they have uh, students are recommended knowing how to do cpr how to do basic first aid how to um clean wounds and do and things like that dental health all comes apart it's just
1: massive though isn't it it's just i don't know how you even even begin to narrow it down into you know topic areas and then one hour a week i I mean it just doesn't seem like enough time um there
2: it, it 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 never is um well, one thing I've also found really useful is that Hodder, um, which is a uh, kind of...
1: Publisher, yeah.
4: Te-
2: yeah, they're a textbook company. They do provide, they do create um, PhC textbooks by Keystage. So mm-hmm. they've been really good. Although I personally didn't buy into the lessons that they provide because for me, I'm a big believer in tailoring the lessons to your students and our, our school, conce- uh, school context. Yeah. Also, I think it de-skills the teachers a little bit if they've just got ready-made stuff like they don't yeah. get they don't interact with it as much but the textbooks are really really useful because the whole thing that you were saying earlier about staff not being aware if you i've given all of my teachers a textbook yeah, so
1: that got they, that. Can, yeah.
2: they can got that um there's also a great book i'm going to do a massive shout out to this book called how do i answer that um, and it is a secondary school teacher's guide to answering RSE questions. Oh, nice. And nice. Yeah. It's, it's by a lady called Rachel Scales. Um, and basically I get it out all of the time in yeah. lessons because yeah. I want to show the kids that I don't know everything because I think sometimes if you come across like, I know it, like you know it all or you don't, they kind of don't take it in. But if you show that, you know, their question is interesting. And actually, I hadn't thought of that. And let me check the book and let me give, give you the right answer. And that's the, the important thing. Let me give you the right answer mm. rather than me just guessing it. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. It's a really great book. I really recommend it. Well, that's, that's saved really... me lots
1: of times. Well, that's some brilliant, uh, you know, um, recommendations there. Just to pause for a second, just to read out some messages. So Sarah Cardy said, uh, do you believe now this might be for you, Abby, or it might just be for the general uh... listeners. Is there a specific type of teacher best suited to teaching RSE, skill-based, experience, or personality? What do you think? I of think that? you've
2: got. I think you've got to be someone that's um, not afraid to answer the uncomfortable question. I've had some. Uh, and I I know Sarah Cardy and she has been witnessed and heard some of my lessons. She, some of the questions you get asked are quite interesting. I won't Mm. mention some of them because some of them are just a little bit off. Um, However, you can't, you can't be blindsided by that and you can't be shocked about some of their questions. You've got to be prepared to answer it. So someone that, I think, if you're going to teach RSE, you've got to be ready to have the weird questions. um, Yeah. And you've got to be um, you've got to make that judge between curiosity, especially when we talk, uh, not just with the sex education, but um, with the LGBT nature of uh, some of the elements within yeah. that. You've got to yeah. be really clear about curiosity versus homophobia or transphobia.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've had that with drama where when we taught, you know, we taught everybody knows about, you know, Jamie, um, that scheme. Yeah. And, you know, again, we taught it because we wanted to educate the children and the students. But actually, what was interesting was the very first lesson that we did on it and saying that, you know, he's not allowed to go to his prom, uh, blah, 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 and address. And and then immediate response and that, and that initial response, my, my response to it was, oh, my God, they're so homophobic. Or, you know, that was my yes. initial. And then actually, I thought, no, this is the point. You know, it's the ignorance yes. that is causing it. We need to just talk it through. And sometimes mm. I found that then it was just, you know, parents influence or they didn't really understand it or they didn't know what a transvestite was, blah, blah, blah. You know, so, um, yeah, no, I, th- I think it's really, really good. So that book sounds like that would be a good one for parents as well.
2: It's it's directed mainly at teachers, but it has right. got some great answers um, that, you know, if you're if you want the right answers or yeah. certainly the or. The kind of it gives you the great ideas and it also get, gives you further places of information so for example if you're looking at sexual health uh, mm. Brooke who's an amazing charity they actually do staff CPD and they do it for free right. um, and it's all self self-led stuff so you just create a login for free um, and you can do um, edu- educate yourself on contraception and, and and topics like that so they're amazing another shout out to them because they're brilliant
1: have, have you had anyone um, in your team you know that's kind of come to you or sort of said, oh, I'm not comfortable about teaching this or, you know, have I had, Have you had that before where someone said, oh, yes. that was, yeah, or, how did you deal I've with ta- that? Uh, I've
2: taught uh, quite a few condom lessons because staff were, didn't necessarily yeah. feel confident or they didn't feel um, like they were, I've certainly team te- taught that lesson a lot because actually right. for me, I don't want to disenfranchise that teacher. It's actually no. the first ever PHSE lesson I ever taught in training. Oh God! <laughs> so my mentor threw me in the deep end, um, and I'm I'm not squeamish or anything. So I've I've done a lot of those because of some staff are uncomfortable because of their own potential views or experience. Um, I've also um, taught that something that you know is actually I find the trickiest to talk about is um, the peer on peer abuse. Right. Um, yeah. Recently we've done some lessons on. Um, sexual harassment and stalking and unwanted attention and I did have a member of staff who had a personal experience with that that just right. came to me and said I, I burst into tears trying just even trying to teach even it. looking yeah. at the le- no she didn't get to teaching oh, it she'd, right. she'd done she'd gone to plan look at the lesson and plan her own and said I just can't do it can can I get some support and mm. um, at the end of the day I never want to put a member of staff in a position where they are physically uncomfortable to be in that lesson no. because that's no, not no, what RSC is about um, and also, the way you act as a, as a member of staff is really going to be mirrored in that, um, in those students. So you need you need to, to have a member of staff that again is Just comfortable calm, talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah and well, calm that, but, and, and, and open to talking about it.
1: Yeah, I think that kind of hopefully answers Sarah's question a little bit. I think you know you need to be open and comfortable and uh, to yeah. be able to do that. I, I like you say, I don't think it matters how old you are or what your background is. No. It's, just, it's just you as a person, whether you feel you can get into those discussions and um, talking about the students then for a little bit before, yeah. before I let you go. Um, was, <laughs> I wanted to interested to know um, about them. So what, what topics are there any particular topics that they really enjoy and, and uh, have a thirst for knowing about?
2: Do you know what? The the biggest thing I get really, the kids get really excited about isn't actually an RSE topic. And it's actually a topic that the government doesn't require us to do, but I do do, and that's money and finance. Mm, I yeah. find kids, are whenever I've done student voice, uh, whenever I've done, uh, and actually I'm just starting a scheme of work with my year year eights on uh, money and finance, they love it. They love knowing yeah. it. They love finding out about money and bank accounts because I find the biggest question I get as well is, I just want a mortgage, Mish. I'm going to buy a house, and yeah. they don't necessarily know how they're going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> and actually... <laughs> I find that they're really passionate about that. Um, on the flip side, with the older years, they really enjoy talking about sex. They really do. Right. Um, right. Um, and I think I've had some. Re- I've had some a little bit silly year eleven boys this year, and they now come and generally ask me not like genuine questions. They're like deadly serious. Right. And I, right. <laughs> because as well, but because as well within RSC. Um, One of the things that, you know, you you spoke about it earlier on before I came on about the slang words and things like that. You do need to know the slang words, but it's really important actually for safeguarding reasons that you use the real term. Right, right. Because if you have a student that has been assaulted, let's say, and they go, they touch me on my flower, that could mean a lot more, that could make it more ambiguous. So you need them to know those specific terms. And bless my year So it looked at me and then he sat there and thought, hang on, miss, I'm going to get the right term. Let me use the right one,
1: And it was just really (laughs) sweet. But um, but, yeah. but, that's, but do you think that's also affected by, um, you know, like the rise in, in sort of programs on Netflix and dramas where, you know, there, there's much, more, I mean, when I was, I mean, I'm a lot older than you, but, you know, I remember when Skins came out and that was a massive big deal because it was no program had ever, ever dealt with, you know, sex and, and drugs and stuff like that for young people ever before. And it was massively controversial, but now it would probably seem tame. Do, do, do you think that these, there's a lot yes. of programs that have <laughs> that have educated kids either in the right way to talk about it or the wrong way. Um,
2: yes, and I think one show that my students mention the most is actually the one on Netflix called Sex Education.
1: Yeah, that's and the one. I, that, yeah. And
2: and and they tell me, uh, I definitely tried to make my sex education scheme as good as they would expect from the one in the show. So, for example, I've really made sure about LGBTQI uh, plus inclusion. Uh, so we, I made sure we talked about things that, responded to their what they were going to be experiencing um mm. but definitely the you know the other day one of my students said oh have you heard this program's coming on netflix oh apparently it's like this and you have to close obviously close that conversation down but they are talking about it and yeah yeah just sure. we can't brush it all under the carpet and hope they're not going to think about it they have got access to stuff that you know even i didn't you know I'm you no. say i'm a lot younger but even even i didn't have access to some of the things that that these kids have now got and we have to as teachers respond to that because yeah. if and we think, don't respond to it, then no,
1: they're, they're left in the dark. I, I know. And that I think that's the biggest danger with the pornography thing. From my point of view, mm. I think it's not that, you know, it's always obviously been there, but, it, you know, in a much more innocent kind of, you know, magazines under the, you know, on the cou- under the counter kind of way. And I think that the danger of that and the danger of how accessible it is and how easy it is, um, you know, the exposure that young, young people, boys and girls have had to that, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't undo it, can you? You can't, you can't it's just very dangerous, I think. But, um, but that's another whole, whole debate.
2: It's whole kettle of fish. I think <laughs> one of the, uh, I think one of the things uh, I found as well this year is that uh, at my school, we have um, a really uh, prevalent pride club and right. they, they they give they're probably my harshest critics because they're the ones that tell me I'm not doing enough or they why? think it's very tokenistic and stuff. But actually, it's yeah. really good to get that student voice back and actually ensuring that all of our students feel represented and heard and feel like they've got the right access to educate like the knowledge is really important to me. Yeah, and no, because that, that's great right. because of their breadth and that some of my uh, Pride Club kids are saying I miss I didn't like that lesson or, and they'll go okay why. Um, and they, they'll tell me and they'll give me feedback I'll, right I'll change that for the next lesson and, and so that they, they will I think that's change. really
1: I think that's really um, uh, progressive of you because then you know you're getting those kids that this you're talking about these minorities or and you know you're yeah. actually using them in in the refer you know the planning and the thinking about what you're doing um yeah I, I
2: showed them I showed them my lesson on LGBT plus um, uh, that I was going to do to year, year eight. And I said, "Do you feel like this is representing you? Because I'm not from the LGBT community. However, I want them to feel like it's yeah. not just tokenistic, and I've not just no. done it because it's on on the RSC document, and I need to. I want them to feel like it's been talked properly, yeah, and, and informed.
1: What? Um, no, that's good, good practice, I think. And what? i um, just to sort of." Uh balance that out what what is the topics that they really don't like or resist or don't or are bored by that you think i'm, I'm sorry but i have to do this is there any sort of areas like i that? think
2: i think they have some of the some of the healthy eating and some of the healthy lifestyle yeah.
1: um
2: they i think because it's done to death yeah um and but we have to like i feel like we have to do it because even at a a year 10 level at the moment I'm doing healthy lifestyles with them but it's the kind of foundation before we start looking at drugs alcohol and then gang culture so it's kind of that and so it's, it's about taking the the twist on it and so looking at it from like actually what influences you to you know have that cookie rather than a piece of
1: fruit like what is why do you make that decision Yeah, no, making? I can understand that. I think that's an interesting way of looking at it. If if you were talking to students about healthy eating and you said it in that way of, you know, for example, another bugbear of mine is energy drinks, you know. Oh, uh, I can't stand know, them. So, exactly. But, you know, again, um, without getting into the other reasons why kids might drink them that. It's no I, I don't, kids probably not. Well, they might not know how bad they are, but let's imagine they know they're not healthy anyway, as a given because they're told eat five fruit and veg or whatever. Um, but but I think that's a nice way in is that you're not saying we're just going to let you on what's good and bad food because they probably know that from primary school. Um, yeah. But I think the an- going in for the angle of why do you need to have the energy drink or why you know what why are you having those fried chicken and chips every day. You know, is a peer pressure? You know what I mean? I think that's a really yeah. good angle in. I like that. But, but something we've had to actually adapt to
2: and respond to is that energy drink thing, because they are so prevalent in school, even though we have as a school banned them. Um, yeah. But they're not supposed to be... Make,
1: aren't they not allowed to be sold them? I thought you had to be overseen. It's not, not a legal
2: them. requirement. So right. it's, it's dependent... So the big shops do, but it mm. will depend on the local no, schools or, or even church, yeah. some of our parents... Not realizing what they they fully are. No, and, I know. And getting again, them for students.
1: But this is what I said to you at the, uh, said at the beginning of the show again in relation to drugs. But again, it applies to this. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean sex is sex isn't it? Is that, that that's something that's been around since you know, the dawn of time. But but things like these that you've got to keep on top of. How on earth do you keep on top of every? like latest trend or or you know like the the balloons and all that you know nitrous oxide how do you keep on top of keeping it fresh
2: it's keeping it uh, so what again coming back to the phd's organization they do update all of their resources and they send out regular like updates and advice so actually i've got one in my inbox today about pornography and it's an right. update on the guidance right. with it and okay. um, and about what you need to know and actually how can you teach this effectively. So it's being aware of those updates and and talking to your, your safeguarding and your partial leads, because they're going to be the ones getting that information from uh, perhaps a local authority. So they're the ones that are going to be able to support you if you're teaching or leading on RSE to actually, um, be able to tailor what you're doing that's really specific so for example we're doing uh, a lesson coming up for year nines on vaping because there have been vaping yeah. is something that is becoming I literally a bit just more about to
1: say that yeah yeah but that's <laughs> so it that's sounds like it, but that sounds like at least there are outside of schools and the mm. government that it sounds like there's a lot of organizations out there that are trying to help you know schools yes. and charities and voluntary companies so it sounds like there is a lot of people out there trying to do this it's not like yes. you're just sort of left on your own. It's funny you mentioned the vaping because I had a conversation with a, a teacher, again, at a different school this week about it and her saying she's just done a big assembly and, you know, explaining the whole misconception of people thinking, well, it's, it hasn't got the tar that cigarettes have got. And then she was talking about the amount of nicotine in a, in a you know, in a tube or whatever. In uh, a vape, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then then the effect of the, well, I can't remember what she said, the glycerol. Something about how it sticks to your lungs or whatever, and she said we don't even know yet the dangers of it. No, and, I, and it's just like fascinating, you know.
2: Yeah, and completely, and especially with the vaping, how they are—they look like highlighter pens, despite some of the disposable mm, ones. Mm. And it's just some of them are just targeted at kids, and it's yeah, of course they are. Quite, yeah, and it's the cheap, it's, it's yeah. shocking.
1: Cheap, isn't it's it? Just it's Just shocking. Yeah, and that's the game with the healthy eating thing. I think is always annoying that fruit is fruit is five times the price of you know sweets and that's part of where the Mm. problem comes from um last thing i just want to say is interesting about that banking thing i think that's really interesting because i think with my own kids again they're constantly asking me questions about mortgages houses wages uh you know Mm -hmm. and i and i openly talk about you know uh credit cards and overdrafts and all the things that affect me as a parent because i want them to understand you know how money works but i've always felt like it's something schools kind of should do um but it kind of gets missed, doesn't it, somehow? Um, yeah, it's then the some, big some people would that... disagree. Some people might say, no, it's not up to us. It's up to parents. But, you know, I don't, I don't think you can say that anymore.
2: I think at the point you're saying that we need to talk about drugs and we need to talk about uh, sex and we need to talk about relationships, then why not talk about money? Because mm-hmm. all of those things you could, you could throw back and say, actually, no, I think a parent should teach that. I think a parent should teach that. Yeah, so where sure. is where's the where is the line? And actually, I come back to what I said earlier. We're we're the professionals. We should be the ones with the that yeah. give our students the information that isn't biased or that is I'm not right. saying that parents are biased, but like there isn't there isn't misinformation and that we're giving them so right. The, the right opportunities to make those choices. And that's the point of for me, RSE, PHSE, is giving those students the tools to go, I know from my lessons. This, this is unhealthy, yeah. or I shouldn't
1: do this. And then they make the choice. I'm still yeah. going to do this, but yeah, I'm going to make the choice and it's going to be
2: informed. Yeah, no, at least exactly. it's informed.
1: I mean, I went into a lesson the other day where someone was teaching about drugs, and I can't remember what, what exactly they were talking about, but it was, it was talking about dependency and blah, 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 and addiction. But I, the kids were so well behaved, and I just thought, you know, it was really interesting. I thought, God, they actually they were talking about Leah Betts and ecstasy. And, you know, I thought, God, these kids actually really want to know they actually do yeah. want to know because they, they're out in that society where they're probably surrounded by it or peer pressured or there's people, you know, and they do want to know and it's a safe environment for them to ask those questions, isn't it?
2: Yes. And that is, again, that safe environment to ask those questions, even if it's after the lesson. Um, one of the things that I, I encourage regularly is not just to have that online ask it basket, but also to have, post, you know, give kids the opportunities to ask those questions privately or on a post-it note yeah. at the end of the lesson because actually maybe they do want to ask her, maybe they are embarrassed and they don't yeah. want to talk about it in front of their mates but giving them that opportunity to ask is is more important to me
1: than- yeah yeah no, I agree. It's not It's not the kind of thing you're going to put your hand up and say, is it? It's not the sort of... No. Know, <laughs> and, you're not going to, and you're not going to cold call people about it either. It's slightly unfair, I think. Um, right, I'm just looking at my questions that I wanted to ask you. I think we've covered everything that I wanted to do. That is absolutely amazing. Uh, hopefully you've um, in, uh, given some people some food for thought and shown yeah. on, on your model. And obviously there's lots of different ways of doing it, but I think you're, the way you're doing it is obviously well-informed. You've planned it all out. You've made very sensitive decisions about teachers and how it's done plus you know you've used all the resources and put it all together in a kind of holistic way and it isn't just you know bolt yeah. on so that's really sound sensible and, and, and you've also been honest Abby to admit that it's not you know you're still having to ch- change things um because I think COVID obviously really did put a massive spanner in in the works in more ways than one didn't it with all of this
2: yeah and I think it's at the end of the day, as well, you've got to respond to need your students. I th- personally, RSE should never be taught as a standalone subject. In my personal opinion, I I think it needs to have context. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go into a relationships lesson, talk go boom, we're going to talk about peer and peer abuse today. There would be thought there needs to be thought and planning. So you know, with my relationships lessons, we we do consider what is a healthy relationship. We do you know the idea of building towards that. I. The more difficult topics and creating those found work, uh, f- uh, foundations something that I'm looking at for next year is actually thinking about the spiral curriculum with it so yeah
3: what does, con- con-
2: what do, what does consent look like in year seven how is that different for year elevens yeah. and actually building that in so they have they've got that ability to retrieve oh in year, in year seven we looked at consent as in friendships this year we're looking at a little bit more as consent yeah. online and' yeah, then we're I was looking at say, that, that would be the in, way in I- romantic I- relationships.
1: Yeah, that's been the way I would want to. If I was doing, it, that's the way I'd want to do it. I'd want to do it spiral and 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 yeah. and build. But of course, the other, the then restri- the flip side of doing it spiral is that then you don't necessarily get to cover. You know, you might not get to cover as many different things if you're keep keeping it in blocks. But I guess you can you can just you can put them in big broad headings, can't you? And then just yeah. slowly slowly chip add add make them more mature as you go
2: yeah so for example with year sevens it was about respectful relationships and then it was about in year nine um romantic relationships and then you move on to sexual relationships so you 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 kind of although like the bullet points they give you in the rsc document you can break into kind of year group categories and you can teach them at a a more mature level for you know my key stage four and key stage five and that's the area i really think is underdeveloped because obviously not every school has a sixth form Um, and we we luckily do I found actually out there key stage five resources are the hardest and some Mm. of my and I think actually that's been the hardest thing I've I've really found this year is you know I don't want to teach a year 10 lesson to year 12
1: no you don't uh, but also may, um, maybe it's like they're almost forgotten because it's like oh well they're 16 17 now so they should you know you know they've still they're got rsc issues so young they're massive oh, of course they are because they're probably doing it more than anybody else in this school aren't they let be honest
2: but it's adjusting it as well so for example with with our lower school we talk about alcohol when you talk about you know they might be taking it taking it from their parents or getting it from somewhere else and it's illegal by the yeah. time i get to year 13 actually i need to be talking about drinking and driving yeah because actually that's that's you know we've got drivers in our sixth form
1: yeah and they, and, and, they, can, they, and, they can, and they can and they can buy alcohol without a problem so it's not about yeah. that is it it's about binge drinking or it's about whatever aspects of it yeah
2: and and and, ta- and that's where that tailoring comes in it is it, about you know not just you know scattergunning alcohol to all year groups doing
1: it whenever we'll uh, scat- you should never scatter on alcohol to year kids. <laughs> no, away. no no no
2: sorry alcohol right lessons that. sorry
1: <laughs> um, yeah uh,
2: and that's and that's why i find um, assemblies really difficult because
1: mm-hmm.
2: because you can't have and and i, I get RSE assemblies and there are some there is definitely a need and a place for RSE assemblies but some of those topics are so much you need to have context with the students talking to them and yeah. actually having classroom setting makes it much more approachable
1: yeah sure right listen we we could easily talk about this all night because i it's i i find it personally very interesting even though i've never taught it um i am still passionate about it in the same way you are um and having my own kids as well but that's not really relevant I, I i think it's really really great that you're so passionate about it and also thank you so much for giving up so much of your time we went on slightly longer than i was going to but i think we got into some really good discussion there abby so i really appreciate you staying with us that's all right and um i think everyone will have got a lot out of that and some food for thought for people either planning the curriculum uh, or um you know thinking of what they're going to do with it so thank you so much have a lovely evening Thank you. And um stay in touch and keep uh, keep on uh, the Teacher Talk Radio. We'll do. Great. Thanks, Abby. Lovely to speak to you. Right, and um that was Abby. So yeah, sorry about that. Went on slightly longer than we thought, but I think I could not resist uh, but ask her lots of questions because she has lots and lots to say, and I'm hoping that's really uh helped us to unpick uh some of those issues that we mentioned earlier. So uh, some takeaways for me is about how she's made it all holistic. Uh, she's she's put together PSHE, sorry, with RSE and Character and Culture and put it all into one area. And she's also talking about perhaps doing spiral curriculum as we go forward. She mentioned a book by Rachel Scales, um, which I don't know of, but I think I will go and have a look at that. So I think it might be a good one with, to use for my own children about answering difficult questions. Um, we covered a lot about uh, the companies and the organisations that she uses. Um, and obviously she mentioned the uh, national associations there that she helps uh, that, to help her get that planning. So if you are out there listening, or even if you've just joined us, um, you can always download the show afterwards. If you missed the interview or you missed the beginning of the show, uh, just go to Spotify after the show's finished um, or go to the website, the listen back function, or straight from Podbean, uh, 10 minutes after the show, it should be available for you to stream it and listen to it uh and that will be all good and um yeah just uh we're coming sort of caught, sort of coming to the end we've got about for another 10 minutes um so we can we can tie that up thank you to people who have messaged me we've got a uh, Deirdre who's listening from bangladesh so hello to them uh and obviously sarah Cardi's joined us uh as well as some other people uh so hello to everyone that's joining us today live on teach talk radio this is the drive home show uh with me seb
0: live from london This is The Drive Home with Seb Ventura on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: So today we're looking at RSE, Relationships and Sex Education. How does your school deliver this and where do you get your resources from? How's it taught in your school and are you responsible for it? Let us know, get in touch uh, for the last 10 minutes of the show uh, where we're going to be talking about RSE on Teachers Talk Radio with me Seb on The Drive Home Show.
0: Live from London, this is The Drive Home with Seb Ventura on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw slash ttradio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag ttradio.
1: And welcome back. So I was going to uh, consider playing um, the news again. But for those of you that have been with me since four o'clock or earlier, you'll have heard the news. And I think I'm going to leave that now because it'd be nice if we could get anybody else to join us. Uh, we've got another 10 to 15 minutes left. Uh, so rather than filling, filling that up with the news and the adverts, I'm going to give that open house to anyone else who wants to call in. So all you've got to do is click call in on your uh, Podbean app. Uh, or, uh, and that will connect you directly to me. I'd love to hear from you about how you deliver RSE, which is uh, Relationships uh, uh, and Sex Education, or indeed, uh, whether you still deliver uh, PSHE, Personal Social Health and Economic Education, through your school. So it'd be nice to know how you do that. Um, just a little uh, reminder um, that my show is only every uh, two weeks now, So I won't be with you um, next week, uh, but I will be the week after that. Remember, we've got a lovely bank holiday coming up. um, So that is all good news for everybody. Um, Yes, and so of course, don't forget, there are all all sorts of other shows um, that come up on Teachers Talk Radio um, all the time. um, And you can go to our website and see which shows are on and the schedule. uh, And this week, for example, um we've already had Holly on. We've got Henry coming on later and Hadi coming on later. And tomorrow we should have Dorian uh as well and Biseu Adawale and obviously the weekend people. So we're not going anywhere. and um, there is always some live uh streamed teacher chat uh, for you to digest, uh for you to listen to at your leisure or for you to get involved live. Um send me a message on the chat, uh tell me what your interest is in this area or even just send me a message about anything else about your day-to-day uh, at school in education wherever you work how have you uh, whatever setting you're in and he, and again also this is a chance to talk about future shows if you'd like to be a guest let me know you can dm me at tripitaka 74 or you can just message the teacher talk radio twitter feed uh, and someone will pass that message on to me if you want to be on the show live um, and also, maybe put in the text box if there's any um, topics you want me to cover. It might be that you are listening from abroad, or you're listening from a different sector of education, and you would like to say, "Oh, I'd love to hear a guest from this area," or someone who's written a book on a certain topic. We've covered so many things in the last year and a half since I've been with Teach Talk Radio. We've covered all sorts of things from mental health uh, to drama and education to curriculum to tier to, to learning, um, teaching and learning. Uh, CPD we've done so many different shows uh, we had Phil Beadle who came on and talked about uh, capital culture as well a few months back fantastic guests we've had head teachers on uh, talking about interview techniques uh, we've had so many so many different people so i really am open to any guests I don't don't mind who it is um, as long as they've got something interesting to say um, that we can get either discussion going or just use as a CPD a lot of people say to me they like listening to Teach talk radio uh, because it's uh, informative and it helps them like today I would hope people have learned a little bit about the RSE curriculum and uh, some of the issues to do with it because Abby was very honest and uh, clear with us about her plans and the struggles she has uh, with students and with teachers and sensitive topics um so big big shout out to Abby there thank you so much for joining us um and she's been teaching a five period day as well so respect for that um that she had a five period day planned all her stuff for tomorrow and still had time to come on Teachers Talk Radio. So we've got about 10 minutes left. Um, We're just gonna be coming towards the end of the show. Um, I've mentioned that. One thing I might well talk about in a couple of weeks time on the show might be job interviews again, because I know at the moment, uh, this term is a crucial term uh, for people leaving and moving on, whether you're changing schools or whether you're just um, moving up the ladder let's say there's been quite a bit of twitter feed i know about this recently um about the fact that some people don't want to necessarily go up into leadership or middle management um and there's nothing wrong with that um so of course again uh, i just want to reiterate that i don't believe that either i think it's absolutely fine if people want to stay as teachers don't think there's anything wrong with that um but there are people out there who do want to uh, get promotions or work their way up to leadership either whether that's assistant heads or headships um, so there's also there's also those sort of angles so i think at the moment there's a lot of jobs coming up on the tears a lot of jobs um because we're getting to that term aren't we and i think last year i did a similar show uh teachers uh transfer window where we looked at um you know getting those applications in before the deadline so i may do something similar in a couple of weeks time i'm looking at uh, interview techniques um let applications how you fill it in best ways of uh, do's and don'ts of what you should put uh, if you're doing quick apply etc um and i may well see if i can get a guest to talk about that topic because i think i've spoken to quite a few people in the last few weeks who are either thinking of that or have already applied uh, or um you know are waiting to hear i've got friends that have got interviews this week so good luck to those people if they're listening um for jobs for promotions there's also the whole issue of uh, a shortage of leadership which has been in the uh, i think it was in the Tes this week again or it was online uh saying there's a massive drop off of people leaving the profession which we know but particularly headships uh and senior positions uh, which is obviously going to then cascade down so are we in danger of, of losing those experienced people um and you know people chasing the lab too quickly um, I don't know. But that's a that's a big discussion we can we can also have. So if I don't get any other suggestions or if I don't get approached by anyone else to be on my show in a couple of weeks, then that may well be um, something we look at. So um, we're coming towards the end of the show. Um, it is a Thursday. It's the 28th of April. Uh, we've got a lovely bank holiday coming up. Um, I'm just thinking if there's anything else that I need to urgently say. I don't think there is. Uh, if you have got anything else you want to add about RSE, um, now is your chance uh, before I um, wind the show down, um, because we, we may be uh, finishing a couple of minutes early today, because I do have to rush off to uh, make sure that my children are OK. Um, but that's fine. We'll still be here till uh, just before half past five. So just a reminder, if you missed the beginning of the show, what we've been talking about is RSE. How does your school deliver uh, relationship and sex education? How do you do it? Do you do it once a week in assemblies? Do you have outside speakers? Uh, do you have subject specialists? Do you have lots of teachers that aren't trained that are just taking up picking up stuff off the shelf and trying to deliver them? Abby talked about some books, some textbooks from Hodder, I think, um, which sound fascinating. And I think I would be, I'd be wanting to have one of those. I think if I was a teacher doing it, because I think it just gives you that um, grounding and that you're saying the right thing. Because it's very easy for everyone to be an expert. Uh, on certain areas Um, we think we're experts but you know you can easily say the wrong thing so I think in this topic area if it's not your subject um, which is to be honest not going to be anybody's subject because no one goes into teaching to specifically teach this so no one's really the expert no one's necessarily got that um, degree in it So, so I think textbooks definitely would be good just as a way of making sure everyone's saying the same thing using the right terminology which Abby spoke about um using the right words particularly when it's to do with drugs or to do with sex or or anything really um you need to know the correct term so you don't um use the slang words which i think was a really good point by Abby actually i've not even thought of that um but yeah so that is kind of what we're looking at so we've got a few minutes left i'm going to keep the uh keep the lines open um in case you'd like to uh join us and obviously it's been a, a big big week of um a big big week of uh controversy again um with the with the uh recent uh, allegations of uh politicians uh, and what they've been watching when they shouldn't be and obviously they probably um need to have a little bit of rsc themselves um so again it's it's always good that they, we have to um follow what we're told but not always great when the people in charge not necessarily doing it that's my little bit of uh, ben out on the politics in there um but yeah so um some of the choices of the things you've got to do i mean abby untucked abby touched upon quite a lot of topic areas we talked about money uh, finance and uh, relationships and all sorts of different areas um that you can unpick about stuff that social issues that students need to know about because it's obviously complicated and the world's a complex place Um, whether you're in the UK or whether you're abroad, it's the same everywhere. Um, You know, young people are going to experiment with these things. Young people are naturally curious. And it was a really lovely point Abby made there about being prepared for questions um, and that you are not thrown by some of the more random questions and not being put off by maybe their ignorance because actually that is the point, um, that they are maybe desperate to find out from an authority figure actually what is the result of this, what does happen if you get an STD, or what 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 are the side effects of, of using certain drugs, etc.? And it's not always easy for these students to ask those questions. So Abby told us about her amazing uh, Ask It Basket, which is an online Google form she does where kids can actually ask a question anonymously and then get that answer given to them. Such a lovely little idea. Um, so yeah, so there's lots of issues to do with it, uh, lots of ways in to this topic but i think we've covered everything for now um i'm going to start winding the show up uh and yes again i'd just like to say thank you to anyone who's taken part in the show today everyone who's listening and anybody who downloads the show afterwards um because all of those um downloads all help us i don't know if you know but i'll give you one more shout that we reached our uh half a million um downloads um this week um which is incredible really uh absolutely incredible amount uh of people that have downloaded Teach talk radio shows and not mine obviously everybody's um so massive thanks to that um and yeah good luck we've got new hosts also come in we've also got a few slots still so if you'd like to be a host uh and take this job on it's really rewarding it's really fun um and it gets you to talk and keep in touch with lots of people so if you would like to be a host i know tom has got uh, a few little slots that we can um we could we, we could do with some extra people for so just get in touch again on their twitter at tt radio 2022 uh, is our twitter handle um and you can um get in touch uh through that if you want to be part of the team and not just a host we've also got jobs behind the scenes tech jobs behind the scenes Uh, training, inductions, all sorts of different things. So um, yeah, bigger and and better, and on we go. So I'm going to call it a day there, um, because it feels like a nice point to uh, round everything up. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks again to Abby for joining us, and I will see you all, well not see you all, I will speak to you all in two weeks' time, potentially looking at job applications uh, unless I get inspired otherwise. So have a lovely evening and a great bank holiday. You've been listening to the Drive Home. I've been Seb Ventura. Have a great evening.
0: You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.